Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. Uh, we got a packed show today, and there's been a lot going on this week. Uh, we've had cyber attacks, DDoS attacks constantly all week long. Uh, we've had to beef up our defenses at CD Media and the Georgia Record. Uh, we've had bank accounts canceled. It's been an exciting week. I guess we're over the target. Our coverage is getting noticed of election fraud in Florida, uh, of the vaccines. We're holding an event in Connecticut today, which is not well received by the matrix, if you will, on what's happening to our children and what they're doing coming after our kids in the educational community. So help us out, support CD media, free media, Fox is gone. There is nowhere else to go. There's only a few outlets. We are the new global media company that is uncensored. So sign up for our no ad subscriptions, pay us a few bucks a month. We don't have a lot of advertisers because we've been deplatformed across most of the big ad networks. So Please support us and you'll get access to all of our sites. 12 at last count. We've got the Colorado Free Press coming online next week. So sign up for our no ad subscriptions. We've got Chris Gleason in Florida because there's massive news coming out of the Sunshine State. We've got Susan Oprah Sooth uh, from Fulton County and also Sally Grubbs from Cobb County. So I think it'll be in a really interesting show. I'm going to bring on Chris now and we're going to talk about what's going on in Florida first. Chris, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Good. How, hey, how are you, Todd? Oh, busy, my man. Busy. Uh, you are too. So <laughs> you filed a massive document request and, and uh, accusations against Pinellas County Friday evening. Tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, this has been an ongoing battle with Pinellas County. Um, they have really, really big problems with the elections here. They have even bigger problems with the supervisors of election office not wanting to follow the law at all. Um, and so we started um, requesting documents from them about a year ago. And what we saw was a, a pattern, a pattern of them um, obfuscating data through uh putting exorbitant costs on public records requests. Mm -hmm. And they did this, they do this knowingly and they do this for a reason because they know that most people aren't going to pay. And so we had requested some documents from them, um, election summary reports, which they are required by law to be producing. And we noticed some, something interesting about it. We noticed that they were modified that they were altered and that they were missing data points. And so we asked for some clarification and they refused to give us any clarification on that. And um, so what we ended up doing was figuring out where else, what other reports that we could use to get that same data. And so we requested those reports. Well, wouldn't you know, they hit us with uh, another unreasonable request for payment for services and they claim that was that, quite a large amount right yeah it was huge it was like ten thousand dollars yeah um no other no other county in the entire state of florida had requested that amount of money for a couple of reports yeah um well actually no, i take that back there was one other one um but they were also they're also hiding stuff so yeah. um but this is a pattern and so what I decided to do was um, file a lawsuit against the Pinellas County Supervisor Elections uh, 
asking for a writ of mandamus, compelling them to give us the data that's ours, you know? Mm -hmm. And they, uh, they have been fighting me tooth and nail on this. And, you know, rather than them just say, okay, here's the data, um, they've dug their heels in and they claim that I have no legal right to obtain this information, <laughs> which I find comical, you know? Um, everybody else, um, for the most part, gave us uh, these reports. Um, some fought, some still haven't, but for the most part, most have. Um, and it's in the Florida Constitution, right? Just that yeah, little, I mean, it violates, thing. <laughs> it, it, it violates the Florida Constitution. It violates the Sunshine Laws. It violates uh, Florida election laws. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then it, it, there's, there's, we have massive, massive problems here in Pinellas County. Now, one of the big issues with this, right, is that this supervisor of elections was handpicked by Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. She was put into this position by Ron DeSantis, Mr. Gold Standard of elections. Yeah. yeah. So they're fighting us tooth and nail on this. They're claiming that I that we the people have no legal right to see the um, the data that they are required uh, under Florida election law, section ninety eight point oh nine eight one, which happens to be the law that uh, DeSantis. And the corrupt supervisors of elections are um, uh, uh, are trying to uh, legalize in SB seventy fifty. Right. So this case is very very important. It's very very specific because it shows the data that they're trying to hide. So and essentially, for our audience' sake, you found where the fraud was. Yeah. You demanded they provide the reports. They refused for a long time. Then they were provided. Uh, what you say are altered reports. Yeah. And then, so now you're at the point, I mean, they're caught and you're trying to force it in the court system. Is, is that correct? Yeah. I, I had a little yeah. bit of a, yeah. it's called the, the, the supervisor. Of, so the supervisor of elections are claiming that they can, they can decide what they want to give us for information, which that mm -hmm. violates the Florida Constitution. It violates chapter 119. And it certainly violates the Florida election laws with regards to public documents. So the question is, who, who has a legitimate right and a legitimate interest to this data? I would wager to say that because the people, we the people, all the power in the government comes from us. Well, yes. We have more power than the judges. We have more power than the legislators. And the Constitution created the legislature. It created the judiciary. It is the, you know, the Constitution, the, the, the piece of paper that created it all. Yeah. And so they can't arbitrarily, especially some, you know, um, DeSantis appointee, um, you know, she can't just say, I'm not going to follow the Constitution. I mean, you can't do that. It's not yeah. how it works. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So what are your expectations in this case? I mean, tell us what you would like to happen and what you think might happen. Well, what I want to have happen, what I'd like to have happen is them to just do their job and honor their oath. 
both the supervisor of elections and the judge. Mm -hmm. Now, I hope that the judge uh, makes the proper and correct and right ruling because the interest to the public for this data and information is far greater than any claimed exemption um, that they may be trying to claim, which they can't because there's so much case law out there that states specifically that any exemption to public information um, requests is has to be so narrowly limited, it has to be to the benefit of the public. Mm -hmm. Well, this is not what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is hide behind public exemptions to conceal their crimes. So what I what I expect to have happen is that I I believe that this judge is going to try to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that she has any choice because the case law is such that it favors us. It favors disclosure. It favors free, fair, open, and transparent elections. And be, Frank, you know, with all of the information that we have provided um, up to this point, you know, um, with the exhibits that we filed in court this past week, we showed the modified documents. We showed in numerous places where Julie Marcus perjures, perjured herself in her affidavit. Mm -hmm. We showed that the attorney for uh, Julie Marcus, who, by the way, works for the county of Pinellas, lied, period, end of story, full stop, lied to the court. Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen? Only God knows <laughs> at this point. But uh, I, I sincerely hope that the judge, in this case, does the right thing. Because there is only one right thing. And that right thing is to allow discovery of what is going really going on in Pinellas County elections, because this is not free. Yeah. These are not fair with the amount of evidence that we have uncovered here in Pinellas County. There's a lot of unanswered questions. And the only way to for Julie Marcus and the supervisors of elections to clear their name in this is to provide the full unredacted data that belongs to we, the people. Yeah. What else have you got going on, Chris? I know that you're active in Maryland. Tell yeah. us about that case. Okay. So Maryland, Maryland's another interesting deal. Um, this week, the Supervi the uh, Board of Elections, the Maryland Board of Elections, admitted to us in multiple emails that um, they did not comply with the Maryland statutes required in order to certify election, uh, electronic uh, voting systems. <laughs> That's pretty clear and simple. They just didn't do it, right? They, did, they didn't do it. And, and not only did they not do it, they didn't do it on so many aspects of the, of the certification that there's no way that the machines are certified. And so with them, we requested, um, a set of reports that we're looking for here in Florida. And they are claiming that they don't have to um, uh, turn over those reports, which I think what's going to happen there is they're going to end up getting sued for these reports as well. And when that comes out, um, I, I don't see how 
people there aren't going to be charged with sedition because you can't have an election if you don't have certified machines. You so certainly- at, the, at the very least, doesn't Maryland law say that that's an automatic uncertification of the machines, yes, decertification? It yes, it does. Which has huge impact for the 24 election. So if you don't have certified, if you're not using certified machines in your elections, how do you, how can you even trust the outcome of the election? You can't certify yeah. it. Right. I mean, going back and changing 2020 is going to be a lot more difficult than just fixing 24 as we come there. Right. I mean, getting rid of the machines, moving to hand count ballots. And you're seeing this happen literally across the country, Cary Lake in Arizona. We've got, you know, Georgia is percolating, uh, Florida, which with your cases and others, Maryland. I mean, there seems to be a groundswell of, of a movement to finally, uh, at least the truth is out there and they can't refute it anymore. So it's now either you just are a tyrannical government or, or you're going to allow freedom. Yeah. We felt we also we got a hold of some of these reports, by the way, in Wisconsin. And you know what we found in the reports in Wisconsin? Hmm. That Tell somebody me. accessed the machines remotely and changed ballots. Wow. <laughs> and last week, Governor Kemp in Georgia said, well, they're not connected to the Internet. But well, know. that's a lie. Because, <laughs> that's a lie, because we know. So if, if that is the case. I I call I I I put a open an open challenge to Governor Kemp. Then you should release all of the error logs on all the machines in the state of Maryland. I'm going to call it right in now Georgia. in Georgia. You mean? Or in Georgia? Yes, yeah. in Georgia. So, uh, uh, Governor Governor Kemp, if you claim what you're claiming is true, you will release all of the error logs, all of the admin logs for all of the voting systems in your state. And if you choose not to do so, you are choosing to hide the evidence of the fraud and you are proving that we're right. That's my challenge to you, Governor. So the E, what is it? The EL-68 reports? Is that the... EL-68A is on the uh, ES&S machines, mm-hmm. and then Dominion has another one. But um, what, they'll, what they like to claim is that, oh, well, we don't have any records responsive to your request. Well, actually, you have to have it because in order for the machines to have been certified to begin with, there's a neat little thing called the NIST standards. And in those NIST standards, it calls for a standardized log of the activity and this log can't be altered it can't be messed with Mm -hmm. because if it does you know and that's what we're looking for and that's and that frankly that log for every voting system in the country needs to be looked at and evaluated and put out to the public so we can all see what really happened in our elections so you've had a variety of responses on this. You've had some people say, well, I don't have to give you that. Others say, well, we, that doesn't exist. And yeah. Others say, well, 
you know, we don't have, you know, that's not our job or the, whatever. I mean, you've had, well, we don't own, have to, yeah. yeah, or we're going to charge you $38,000 for right. it. Or for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I don't think so. And I'm not taking no for an answer and neither should any other American because at the end of the day, all power, all government power derives from the consent of the governed. And if we don't consent and that's that, the evidence of that is that our right to vote has been taken away. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Chris, thank you. I really appreciate you uh, coming on. And uh, it's, it won't be the last time, I'm sure. As, okay. as it's going to be a fun year and a half. Oh, thank you again. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. So, wow. Uh, essentially, we have them caught in Florida and elsewhere on the machine fraud. So we will continue to push this story at the G Georgia Record and at CDM uh, on a national basis. So uh, while we're doing all this important journalistic work, we need support. One way you can support us is to go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM for the best discounts you can get on all Mike's products. He's got over 600 products. Don't go to the big box retailers. Use promo code CDM and go to MyPillow.com and outfit your house, outfit the new bride, outfit the new graduated college student and his new digs and uh, help support free media. You know, I, I, in the, back in the day, I was a helicopter pilot uh, flying SEAL Team 6 around and sitting in armored seats for hours and hours uh, at a time in a vibrating machine. Uh, the, my lower back is absolutely screwed. You know, sometimes my left leg just decides not to work uh, with compression in the joints and all that. So uh, I, you know, a bed is very important to me. So I have a very firm bed. But I got Mike, Mike Lindell's mattress topper and I put it on the top of this very firm bed. And wow, it's, it's like sleeping on a firm cloud. It's the most amazing thing I've ever felt. So if you don't have one of those, it's a great Father's Day gift or Mother's Day gift. Uh, get Mike Lindell's mattress topper. And while you're at it, get the sheets, which my colleague Christine Dolan says are regal. Uh, the new MyPillow 2.0, the comforters, the duvet covers, get it all. Get the sleep system. And uh, whoever you get it for will be very happy. So that's promo code CDM uh, and check out the mattress toppers and, and check out mypillow.com and, and look at what he's got to offer. Don't don't support the communist retailers. So with that, we sat down with Susan Oprasuth uh, from Fulton County earlier this week. And uh, I, we're asking everybody and we're going to have Sally Grubbs on here shortly. We're going to ask her, too, about this. Uh, you know, we asked Brant Frost and, and others. What is why is there a Georgia Republican Party Incorporated? as opposed to the party itself and, and what is the purpose of that? And uh, is there, are there any transparency issues in that setup? So with that, I'm going to, I asked Susan to come on to talk about a lot of issues. I did also ask her about this issue. So uh, we'll let you decide. Here's, here's our conversation with Susan. So we had the chance to sit down with Susan Oprah who was uh, very active in Fulton County over the last few years and is still active in the statewide GOP. Uh, welcome, Susan. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Tad. I appreciate it. So I thought of you and I asked you to come on because you have insight into the past and also how to move forward in the future. So talk to us about what happened to you in Fulton County, because I want people to know and then how you see the world going forward and the Georgia GOP. OK, uh, well, as you know, I'm a little hesitant sometimes to go backwards, but yeah. um, history has proven to repeat itself oftentimes and it mm -hmm. also great um, opportunity to learn. So mm -hmm. 
for that reason, if we can learn and move forward in a more informed way, then I'm, I'm interested in doing that. So, mm -hmm. of course, um, so anyway, in terms of Fulton County, just very generally, mm -hmm. there's a few things that I walk away with, maybe half a dozen, that I feel that the Fulton County delegation deserved but didn't receive, mm -hmm. um, aside from myself. But in terms of they tried and, in my estimation, deserved to have an election without tiddlywinks and, and red solo cups. I mean, mm -hmm. it's absurd. They, de they didn't deserve that. Secondly, they deserve to have their affidavits at least looked at and part of the record of which they were not. There were almost 100 affidavits from delegates from Fulton County that sat for almost 10 hours. And um, again, we've talked about briefly before, these aren't petitions, they're affidavits. They were never mentioned as a matter of record. And I, mm -hmm. I thought rather egregious that they would take the time to write and uh, they were never mentioned in the record uh, yeah. not used in the fifth district appeal at all but also i think the um the delegation deserved to have the grievances and the appeal brought before the proper um subcommittee per election code and instead mm -hmm. we briefly touched on that issue too it was brought before a subcommittee of about five who the majority were not even on the state committee to, yeah. to appeal so that seems rather egregious to me as well and then also um in terms of having the Fulton County delegation have a full and proper record of their vote that day at the county convention, that did not occur for them either. In the minutes, the subcommittee um, presented to the state committee. So interesting enough, the state committee deserved that too. Mm -hmm. so not only did the Fulton County delegation deserve to have the proper votes presented, there were several false findings of fact that the state committee didn't deserve either because they were trying to base a responsible decision on that. So that egregious activity happened to, to both bodies in my estimation. And then um, in terms of maybe personally, which isn't so important, but um, it just seems rather odd and maybe more reflective of a corporation versus a membership organization when you as the plaintiff or injured party or involved party, whatever it may be, is uh, is not able to hear your proceedings that directly impact you personally. And yeah. I, I found that rather odd and also not even be able to have minutes of that. So those are the kind of some of the activities that are, are happening that um, hopefully wouldn't happen in, in a more properly run or fair-minded organization. And then um, last but not least, that's been touched on before too, is both the Fulton County delegation in my mind and the state committee members deserve to have their directive to send the third vote back to the original delegation, the original county delegation, mm -hmm. they deserve to have that honored. And yeah. So yeah. the the Fulton County delegation did not was not fully present in the third vote. And most state committee members don't even know that. So they took their time and energy, made a directive, and it wasn't followed. It was just dropped. So yeah. it's no secret that the, the original delegation did not vote. You on know, and, I, and I asked you to come on and talk about this because one, I want people to know that this exists. And but two, um, I, you know, we're kind of coming to a consensus that this corporation was set up, some say rather hastily, 
to combat a legal issue years ago, but has morphed into an organization that really just doesn't have a lot of transparency and governance and really used in an arbitrary manner against certain members of the Georgia party. So do you have any thoughts about that or? or oh, right. Yeah. So in terms of going forward, I think it's important that um, we take a look at how we can, we're seeing the same sort of behaviors, for instance. Mm -hmm. some of this, Not just in Georgia, but nationally. But right. Go ahead. Yeah. Some of this lack of transparency, it's really important and it impacts all of us going forward. Mm -hmm. For instance, right now, we've got on, on Go Georgia or GA.org, people can go there and look at um, a letter that we're writing to the organization asking them to please forward us, let us see the proposed rules and resolutions that are before them and let inform us of who's on the rules committee. So yeah. if you think about any sort of business or um, organization, we, well, we, in our instance, as delegates, we represent voters. Yeah. So I am to go there on June the 9th and the 10th, when the convention is, and vote on rules or rules package that I have not I've not been able to have the benefit of talking to any of the people whose opinions I respect and I'd like to have an interchange of ideas we are to get those convention day maybe if we're lucky before we're on the floor of the convention but I ask you or anybody else that's looking for growth and being more effective I mean people say why are you know why are you talking about this well this is a time of reorganization it don't, we yeah. don't have this opportunity every two years. I mean, maybe we can do it during the year with two thirds vote or something like this. So here's a great opportunity. We've got the presidential election coming up as we all know. And why would we not take that opportunity to look more closely at our rules and how they can better serve us and make us more effective. And instead we're going to be giving them, giving them on election day, I mean, rather convention day. So that's just a perfect example of how lack of transparency directly impacts us. I mean, that's- Well, the, the only reason I can see to give the rules on convention day, so you don't have time to review them, make suggestions or mount a campaign to change them ahead of time is because they don't want to give people the chance to change the rules prior to the convention. Well, and- and what else would that, why else would that happen? Well, there you go. I mean, and we mm -hmm. don't want to think that way, but their actions reflect that. So for mm -hmm. the people who say, why are you bringing these things up? I'm saying, well, if they're not a big deal and there's nothing nefarious, well, then let's just fix them. This is our opportunity. Yeah. But are we not supposed to say anything? So in other words, yeah. we see that's broken. I mean, mm -hmm. people talk to Democrats. Do you think if they see something that's broken in their system, they're just going to let it be? Or do they fix it? I contend that they likely would be pretty quick to fix it. So mm -hmm. that's my thinking. That's the type of thinker I am. You know, I don't look at things and keep them broken. I would want to fix them. So it's just a way to make us more more effective. I personally submitted, um, along with a colleague, 20 pages of rules. Mm -hmm. Now, I think we touched on this again. Maybe they're no good, but where is this um, honest debate? I, it makes me think of um, Herbert Hoover when he was talking. He has a great quote about um, honest difference of views and honest debate are not disunity. Yeah. That's a falsehood. Well, the, the, the unity is agree with us or you're not for unity. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, 
<laughs> it is not disunity. It's in fact a vital process yes. of policy among the free. So that's yes. just a um, way to deflect and gaslighting us. I mean, that's yeah. not disunity. We're trying to go forward and say, how do we fix it? So those things, these rules and regulations are very, very important. And also um, this whole issue of the ink and the and as we're working through the corporation and the party, the political mm -hmm. party, it's just interesting to me that there's no question really that it is the Georgia Republican Party is a nonprofit corporation. There's very little question there. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting to me is now we're being asked to amend rules of the ink. In fact, I have it right here. As, mm -hmm. Can you even imagine? And who mm -hmm. about my notes? But it's right there, ink. Mm -hmm. And yet we're not members of this ink. Yeah. I mean, it really, and yet the state rules, and there's another section that says Georgia Republican rules, were, uh, members are mentioned a hundred times. So if it's no big deal, come help us fix it. T come help us understand. And um, so we can go forward more effectively. That's my- Well, business. you know, I've been, we've in, first of all, the Georgia record is not going to let this go. Uh, we are, in CD Media, we are, going to keep digging in this whole issue because it's a national issue. It looks as if it's an, a vehicle for control and to stop other people from having a voice in the party is what it looks like. It may not be, but we're going to keep digging. We're asking everybody. We ask a lot of people the same question and give everybody the fair shot to answer the question. But, um, you know, we're going to keep keep on pushing because it doesn't it doesn't sit right. I mean, we we left we worked we lived for 240 years without a corporation. Exactly. Uh, so why do we need one now? And, no. and where, where are the answers? Like, so there's this board mm -hmm. of directors that's unknown that mm -hmm. normally, if you're going to have a corporation, that's where you would go to to get your answers. Mm -hmm. But we're just supposed to go through this labyrinth with, you know, just like a daze, like sheep, I guess. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of us that aren't sheep. And so yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of going forward and, and unifying and fighting the Democrats, I want to fight the Democrats more effectively. Right. Uh, I mean, you don't just and there's a lot of issues. We don't have to go backwards too much, but a lot of things we're not doing that well that a lot of people will admit we haven't done that well. So maybe part of that is in this structure. I don't know. But well, it looks as if it's not about beating Democrats, but it's about keeping control. That's well, what it looks like. And as, as they continue not to be agile and responsive to us, um, it looks more like that. So yeah. prove me wrong. And as I said, I'm interested in talking to anybody about this. I just encourage people not to kill the messenger. Because yeah. again, that's very, very divisive. Yeah. And, um, come to me and talk to me about the, the substance of it. And anybody that disagrees, I'm, I'm happy to talk about. But this stuff where they fling people under the bus, it's not about yeah. It's about the processes and how we can better organize. Well, I think one of the main things that's been missing in Georgia for probably over a decade is media accountability and media investigations. And we're filling that void, uh, guaranteed. So um, well, I think the times have changed. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I think, unfortunately, that's or fortunately. I mean, that's just the, the way it is. If we mm -hmm. don't have accountability, um, that's not good. So yeah. I forward to you what you find out what other people find out but this whole you know let's not do this and it's disunity no it's part of the political process if it's done properly and honestly and people hearing each other and not slinging each other under the bus that's what we don't need as a party well we yeah, just so you know th this same message is being repeated throughout the, the nation and other 
GOP jurisdictions. And it's just like, why are you causing problems? Let's be unified and be Democrats. Well, because you're, you're spending money against candidates you don't like in the primary. That's not okay right. from the party. So exactly. that, that's not okay. So organized, yeah. right? we can't use the resources. We don't have the resources properly. Yeah. To right. Um, people involved to get the right candidates. So that's a whole nother issue too. Yeah. We don't have the right candidates running because we're not organized properly at the, the precinct level and all that. So I look forward to the discussion and I encourage mm -hmm. people that, um, you know, only the truth will set you free. As sure. crazy as that is, only the truth will set you free. So let's talk about it substantively and um, see where yeah. we And let's see if the leaders will be responsive to us. And if they're not, that's a, that's pretty indicative, I think. Well, we're going to be at the convention, the Georgia Record, live streaming, having interviews and asking a lot of questions. So, Susan, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, I appreciate the opportunity. And thanks okay. Well, we're waiting for other guests. We're having um, some difficulties today. We've been fighting off DDO, DDoS attacks now all week, and uh, some of our equipment's not working exactly right. So Sally Grubbs was kind enough to join us from the Cobb County GOP to talk about the upcoming convention. Welcome, Sally. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Todd. So, uh, like I said, the convention's coming. Uh, a lot of flurry in Georgia as we approach this. Trump's going to speak. Tell us what you want. What do you think is the are the priorities, and what do you want to see happen at the at the convention? Well, I tell you what, it's coming like a freight train, right? It's yeah, just in a sure. couple of weeks, and right. um, we're working hard to uh, get all of our alternates and delegates prepared and lined up, making sure that they're trained. Um, my priority is that we um, get those people elected who are going to do the most to work with all groups across the state of Georgia, mm -hmm. but in particular, those patriot groups that are so concerned about election integrity, mm -hmm. that are concerned about the ballot and the vote. As you know, that's why I got involved. And so yeah. we need to make sure that we have fair elections in Georgia and then to also support our party officials. Um, David Schaefer has had a really rough time with this mm -hmm. out of control DA going after him and President Trump. So we need to make sure that everybody in the party supports those who are fighting for us. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, how, how is the convention going to go with, with Trump? Is it going to be Saturday he's going to speak? Do you know? Or Yeah, it's going to be Saturday afternoon from what I understand. Um, I did hear, I'm sure you've probably seen in the news that Asa Hutchinson yeah. is coming as well. I believe that'll be sometime Saturday, but um it's kind of funny what, what started off being kind of maybe not an exciting convention. Now it is, um, it's going to blow the roof off. People are so excited to see president Trump come. Any thoughts on Asa Hutchinson at all? I mean, <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> I mean, I as, a county party, spot, <laughs> <laughs> um, as a county party chair before the primary, I will support all of our primary candidates. Let me say go. that. So go. that's my position. Um, I will say, Todd, you know, there's yeah. been a lot of, um, a lot of talk, you know, around about the, uh, the GOP and that kind of thing mm -hmm. and uh, this whole corporate business mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And let mm -hmm. me just say that, um, you know, I know individuals involved in that. Um, mm -hmm. I, my position on that, and you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway, mm -hmm. is that we have to come together as one party unified. And yes, I was going to ask, by the way, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to jump the gun no, there. But, good, um, <laughs> well, it's, it's, I, I'm tired of the party division. Uh -huh. um, 
we can be our own um, best friends or be, we can be our worst advocates. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, the, the Democrats don't have anything to do because we're doing it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, while there are things that need to be fixed and that kind of thing, there's a time and place for everything. And right now is the time to come together behind our elected party officials and to stand behind them because they stood for us when it came to, you know, David Schaefer and the alternate electors stood for us and trying to do the right thing. And they deserve our respect and they deserve for us to stand behind them. Then let's get our new elected, uh, you know, state party officials elected. Let's stand behind them and then let's work with them, not in opposition to them to get the party in shape. That makes sense. I, I think the concern on the other side is that, uh, you know, it's kind of like our way of the highway and, and keeping other people out to make those decisions. But I think that's kind of, you know, the other side of the coin. I mean, what do you say to that? Cause that's what I other people it, have said on the show, essentially. I, I realize that that's what yeah. they've said, but mm-hmm. I think the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. And the very fact that I'm here and that I am the chairwoman of uh, the largest Republican delegation in the state, mm-hmm. I'm running for the over 80s chair. I've had um, overwhelming support for that. Um, I think that when you, you know, there's a way to do things and there's a way not to do things. Mm-hmm. And being completely adversarial all the time is no way to do things. There's a time and a place for that. And that is when we're fighting the Democrats. That's not when we are or with people who ideology ideologically support how we feel, which is we hate communism. We hate socialism. We love America. We love freedom. We love Liberty. And those are the things that we stand for. And those things are diametrically opposed to what's happening. So sometimes it makes you question the motives of someone that continually wants to beat their head against, you know, uh, against the party officials and saying that they're trying to keep people out. Um, I can tell you every time I've made a phone call, my phone call has been answered. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can't identify. Okay, fair enough. What, what about, uh, there's been a lot of questions on the, the Georgia Republican coalition sprouting up around. Do you know anything about that? Because we're asking everybody about this. Yeah, I have heard about it. I have seen mm-hmm. the corporate structure. I've seen who's involved in that. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of the way I feel about it is you do what you do every day to your very best. And mm-hmm. in the GOP, that's what we do what we should be doing. We need to be engaging voters because at the end of the day, they can do whatever they want to. We're the ones that are responsible for making sure that we have poll watchers, uh, that we get as many poll workers uh, jobs at boards of elections. Um, we're the ones that, um, that qualify candidates when it's time for them to run. So in my opinion, we can be worried about everybody else or we can put our head down, work hard, do what we need to do and, and let, let them do whatever they're going to. It does not threaten me in the slightest. Okay. Um, last question. What, what do you think about, uh, th- there's a lot of stuff happening across the country, like in Arizona, uh, in Florida with a lot of election integrity issues. I know you've been involved in that in a variety of ways over the last several years. What, what do you think about uh, the prospect of, of moving to hand ballots in Georgia? Uh, do you think that's a possible thing to get done as all this evidence comes out, or do you think that's not possible? Well, we know that the machines connect to the internet. We've mm-hmm. known that from the very beginning. We know mm-hmm. uh, the poll pads connect to the internet. We know that we need to have um, firm copies of the um, the poll data. We know that we need to clean up 
the uh, voter database and get these mm-hmm. people off the rolls and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really insulting to intelligence to tell us that that doesn't need to happen as far as voting. We mm-hmm. absolutely can do hand counted, hand marked paper ballots. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's not what they want. And so, you know, when someone pushes back so hard against something, mm-hmm. as they say, you know, you're over the target, you know, yeah. that's what you need to do. Yeah. So I'm all for it. And it needs to be done on the precinct level. And yeah. it can be done in a in a bipartisan way as well. Sure. Well, I think I, I saw a poll recently that I think two thirds of the country don't believe the elections are fair. So that's not a way to run a, co- a country because you have no trust in the outcome, right? On either side, you know? Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just go back and look, Todd, to the very beginning of all this Dominion stuff. Mm-hmm. You had um, Senator Elena Parent on the floor in March of 2019 telling us exactly what the problems were the, with the machines. Mm-hmm. But then the Republicans just kind of glossed all over that and didn't want to yeah. hear it. I mean, the Democrats know it as well as we do. Do you think the GOP is ready to endorse that um, at the convention or talk about it? Or where are we on all this? Well, they're going to have to talk about it because, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the, the biggest danger is an informed populace. And um, the threat to the establishment is having people that know the difference. And mm-hmm. we have so many people now who are more educated than they were two years ago when, mm-hmm. when I came on as the county party chair for Cobb. Yeah. Sally, how can people help your efforts in Cobb? And uh, what do you need from the populace? What we need is for people to go to CobbGOP.org to become a member, to sign up, to support us, because we are a, uh, a Patriot-run organization. Um, we unfortunately do have to find a new location soon from where we're located mm-hmm. uh, due to our lease expiring. And um, so if they want to support us financially, that's great. Otherwise, I suggest they get involved on the precinct level. There mm-hmm. are precinct officers that are needed across the state. We still even have a couple of counties in the state of Georgia that are unorganized, meaning that they don't have a local GOP. So mm-hmm. get involved in your GOP. If you don't know where or how, um, contact me. Um, I chair at cobgop.org. I've helped. Uh, in fact, I'm running for the over 80s chair. That's for populations that are over 80,000 mm-hmm. um, in counties that are over 80,000. And so we all need to get connected and united. And so that's my plea today is that everyone get involved in the GOP and support the Georgia GOP because some mm-hmm. great things are happening. Sally, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. We'll have you back. Thank you for joining us for the Georgia 2024 show, and we'll see you next week.